Blog Talk Radio. back in town. It's your girl, D. Scott. It is Tell the Truth Tuesday, February 16th, 2016. And boy, do I have a lot to discuss with y'all. So last week, I did a couple of posts out in New York City. So I did my show actually from uh, Midtown Manhattan. I met up with my girl, Kay Bugs. Um, And what a lot of you didn't know was that I was going to leave there, go home shortly for 48 hours, and then jet off to Toronto to cover some of the stuff that was going on at uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. If y'all know me, y'all know I really don't give a shit about sports. I don't know anything about anything, but I always find myself in situations where I get tickets or things like that or around people that know people. So I'm very fortunate that way. Excuse me. So I'm exhausted. Y'all going to find out why. So Monday night, I get into town, find out that my girl Kay Books is, is doing work there. So we get there. We head over to Vandal, New York City, which I absolutely love. I mean, it's right there on Bowery. It's it's amazing. It's a brand-new restaurant. And you know me. I'm always trying to get in some place that I have no business being because I want to taste the food, see the ambiance. Jordan was our server. It was amazing. And if you guys aren't following me on Instagram, I'm at miss.d.scott. And on my Twitter is at DMSST93. Website is www.stayinyourlane123.com for all anything that you need to know about me and um, for my Zero Fucks gear. So we were in... um, we were in New York for that, so we headed out to Vandal. Uh, we had the little baby burgers. Of course, I always get the fish tacos because I'm obsessed with fish tacos because I don't cook them myself. And it was very good. Jordan was amazing. We had amazing mac and cheese. I mean, it was just an amazing situation. Uh, Tuesday, my girl Shan flew in. And I know this sounds crazy, but this is part of my life. So we actually went to go see Emmy Award-winning violinist, um, he who was classically trained, by the way, Damien Escobar, and he goes by Dame Esco. Uh, he's one of the youngest people to have won an Emmy. And in addition to that, um, he just did an amazing, amazing job. Like, you've never seen someone's energy like this. And I think that that's what is so amazing about music is that you're able to 
be transferred to someplace else. And I mean, he's such a passionate guy. And if you are on Instagram, you can hashtag crooner. You'll see some video footage of um, him and I up there. And then, you know, he's got his aunts and them up there and just some other people during his meet and greet. Amazing performer. He's coming back uh, to the Highline Ballroom June 11th. Definitely want to send a shout out to Emma, who is the owner of the Highline Ballroom, who made sure that Shannon and I were taken care of, of course, as I whisk in there with my gown on. Because if you're going to go see a violinist, of course, you know I'm not going in there in jeans and T-shirts. So... We went to go see him, and everything was – it exceeded my expectations, and it was so good. It was packed. He was sold out. And what I really loved about Damien was the fact that he talked about the time where – he had to go on welfare. So here he is. He made his first million at age 19. I don't know if you guys know the story, but he made his first uh, – he did Coca-Cola as everything. He made his first million at age 19, lost everything. He has two babies, um, and, you know, he's he's in a family situation. He's a father. So he went, got his real estate license, applied to get welfare, and a lot of us that have had failed relationships or lost jobs or things like that have had to go through that. Not me personally, but I've been fucked up before. Don't get it twisted. So we – you know, end up sitting there and watching him play with such passion. And I think that there's something to be said, especially about a man that loses everything, gains it all back, because this is not some kid that just got into the NBA by happenstance and was just, you know, went from being broke, living in the projects to getting a $45 million contract. This is a guy that he's in his late 20s, you know, he's not even 30 years old yet, who now is selling out tours. And he said, you know, a year ago, he said, what a difference a year makes. He said, a year ago, I couldn't, um, he said, a year ago, I couldn't sell out anything. He says, and now, you know, here I am selling out, you know, concert halls. So, you know, I just, I find that the story of that is just what makes him such a passionate um performer and if you get the chance to see him while he's on his boundless tour um definitely do it i think it's something that's amazing and i think that even if you're not into classical music he does a lot of um overtures with like miguel and he does prince and he said one of the things that he really really got into was that he didn't want to sound like any other violinist he wanted to sound he wanted to make his violin sound like Whitney Houston. And so for him to sell out the Highline Ballroom on a Tuesday night in New York, that was definitely something that was worth traveling to see. So we did. Um, And then I got home, exhausted, went, did my work, had everything packed up, did all the meals and everything that I need to do meal prep. Because even when I go out of town, I make sure, you know, my son, my stepdad, they got, you know, what they need because they'll eat freaking, you know, Pop-Tarts if I let them. Mm. Y'all know I'm sipping on my Malbec. So all-star break happens. So I find out Kate Boggs is landing early, and so I go to get her. And then um, so everything starts. So let me tell you um, let me tell you what ends up happening. So y'all know that I'm the type of person that I go off vibes, and I always, always say this if you listen to my show. I'm not, contrary to popular belief, I'm not the girl that guys just, like, flop to when I'm out. I'm, I'm you know, I'm usually overdressed. I'm usually three-quarters covered up. I'm usually not naked, you know, all that good stuff. And um, everyone 
uh, just assumes that I'm just this, you know, you know, people just approach me all the time, and that's not true. So we get to the hotel. We have 50 million coats, furs, bags. You know, I got to have my snacks. I got to, you know, I had to bring this brat, her spoiled bratness, her stuff from, you know, the states, you know, that, that she's not able to get while she's in Atlanta because we're doing a lot of traveling. You know, she's in from Atlanta, but she just left New York. I just left New York. So we get to the hotel, and we go to check-in, and I see this guy. And right away, I'm like, yep, that's him. That's the devil. <laughs> I was like, that's that's who came to destroy me this weekend. So he's very tall, very distinguished looking. Y'all know what I like. If y'all have, you know, ever seen any men I've, I've ever dated, they were all very attractive. He's very, you know, very striking. But he looks at me, like, rolls his freaking eyes and goes on about his business. And I'm like, okay. But he looked very distinguished. So I'm like, I'm sure that he's probably here either reporting about the event or he's he's doing something in conjunction with, you know, NBA All-Star Week, and he's staying at the hotel, so, you know, we'll run into him. So this trip for me, you know, it, it was going to be funny for me to watch a lot of the groupies come up here and be butt-ass naked, and it is brick. I'm talking about it's like negative 15 degrees outside. So we had to bring out all the all the gear because it was cold. So, you know, we, we enjoy the first day. We end up going to Ruth Chris because I'm like, okay, we have an early reservation. We had um, we were on the guest list to hit Versailles that night, which was a Friday night. Uh, what you guys call him, Joey Babs. I call him Jose Bautista. He plays for uh, the Toronto, what's the shit the damn baseball plays at Blue Jays. But I remember him when he played in Lynchburg when he was playing with the Pirates because he knew my ex-husband. I actually have photographs of it, and we looked crazy. But very nice guy. Glad to see he's so successful now with the Toronto Blue Jays. And then you know that if you follow me on Instagram and on Twitter, that I bring my son and my stepdad. You know, we frequent those games. So we get to the party. Snoop Dogg is actually there. It's like a private section. And I want to address black men just real quick. So the entire night, you know, now the guy that takes care of me is Sergio from Clean Media, you know, so definitely shout out to Clean Media. They're the ones that do the brunch at Versailles, but Versailles within and of itself is its own entity. It's its own, you know, restaurant, club, you know, whatever. So they have it broken up into different sections. So if you go on my Instagram at miss.d.scott, that's the amazing brunches that you guys always see me and the girls go to. And I've gone by myself because I just, I enjoy the crowd so much. Um, so this one was no different, which is why I chose to only party with clean media during the NBA All-Star Week because Toronto's a bit of a difficult city and their dollar is, is below market right now. It's, it's, you know, it's right now an American dollar is worth $1.35 in Canada. So it's, it's fucked up. It's bad now. So we get there and we see every black man in America push past us, talk to every other girl in America but us. That's okay because that's not what we're here for. We're here, you know, to have a good time. My homegirl's in town, you know, and I really, y'all know I'm paranoid, so I really don't like to go out, especially if I don't have security or if I don't, if I'm not in a place where I know that I'm going to be protected because of certain things that have happened to me, like with the stabbing and all that other stuff. So... I'm very comfortable. These are my people. Everyone's in there appropriately dressed. And so we're at the bar, and this white guy comes up, very nice-looking white guy, blue eyes. You know, you can tell he's fresh off the island from somewhere. And he says, you know what, I was going to close my tab out, but I'm going to buy you ladies a drink. 
Okay, now every other black man in America is standing there. No one has said two words to us. So he says, you know what? Well, a friend of mine is dropping a new shoe line, and for the life of me, I wish I could remember what the shoe brand was named. But it's a, um, it's an athletic shoe mostly for golfers. So they were doing a private party in the back. And he says, you know what? Have you guys been back there yet? Why don't you guys come to the, to the boutique that they have back there? So he brings us in the back. Joey and them are back there. Jose, you know, Snoop, everybody's back there. Every black man in, in the rest of America is back there. And literally, I don't know this guy. I don't know this guy from Adam. He was just very nice, you know. And I found out he works for one of the major companies, um, sales companies that are in Canada, and he does a very good job at it. The brands, you know, that's a nice brand uh, cohesion situation that could have possibly went on. So he's in sales. I'm not really in sales. I'm into branding. So, you know, we're sitting there having this conversation. So we go in the back. Everything's amazing. Black man had lost his mind, came up to where we were sitting in the VIP, which at this point the entire club is VIP. And um, black man looks at the white guy and he says, you know what, what are you doing with her? I mean, you couldn't handle that. I mean, seriously. And I'm thinking to myself, like, first of all, I don't even know this man. Second of all, I don't know you. And black man, the entire time I saw you in this club, none of y'all said shit to my girlfriend and I. Neither one of you. Okay, neither one of you. I had even taken off my coat, everything. None of you said anything to me, but you made sure that Becky and them and Amber had their corona with their line at the bar and looked at us like we were trying to get something from you when we have our own tab. I don't need my girlfriend to pay for my drinks. I don't need a boyfriend to pay for my drinks. So it just, matter of fact, I'll buy you a drink so you can go sit the fuck down somewhere and stop looking crazy because neither one of the white girls was going to sleep with you. I could see it in their eyes. They was looking at other black dudes. And they spoke to every man that walked past them that they thought was somebody, right? So instead of you just being relevant in what you do and just being a nice guy, now you want to be a douchebag because some white guy is sitting over there paying attention to us, but you wanted nothing to do with us. Now, if y'all know me personally, y'all know I have never, not that I'm against it, I just have never dated a white guy. It's just, it's never happened. And especially growing up in upstate New York, it's like, you know, you have your Italians and you have this and you have that. I mean, we just now came out of, you know, a situation in the 90s where it was okay, even up here. So some people can say, like, color doesn't matter, but, like, up here, it kind of did. And we're so close to the border that, it's, I mean, literally, you could walk over the border. So we are used to seeing, you know, white women, black guys, you know, it's not a big deal, but you don't really see too much of that here. You see that more on the West Coast or down south in Florida, where the black women are with the white men. So not for nothing. He was a nice-looking guy. His wife's Trinidadian. We spoke about her and the kids. Mm. But long story short, black man, why do you have a problem with this? Why is it an issue for you that he's over there talking to us and you wanted nothing to do with us? Now, what if this white man would have got up and beat the fuck out of you? Like, seriously, like, what if he would have just got up and karate kicked the shit out of you? You understand what I'm saying? Like, just because, and you don't even know. For all you know, we one of us could have been married to him. You don't know. So I just thought that that was very odd to me. That that was the first thing that was odd. Yeah, I want nothing to do with us unless someone else is talking to us. Now, I didn't come out, you know, to, to meet people, really. I just came out to politic and to get my brand out there. We were doing some promoting over the weekend. Shout out to Brim's Official. They are at 313 Queen Street West, which, if you're not familiar, Queen Street West was ranked number two by Vogue magazine for most popular neighbor, neighborhood to live in in the world, which if you go to Queen Street West, you'll see there it's up and coming. It's developing. There's tons of places to eat, tons of places to get makeup, tons of places to get your, your eyebrows, your hair, anything that you want. And 
uh, Brim's official did a collaboration with a brand called 22222, and they're, they're a group out of New York that did a bunch of hats. You'll notice their hats on Carmelo Anthony and um, Stoudemire and people like that. Most of the Knicks rock their hats, but they do one for, like, the major cities like Philadelphia and Miami. So you might have seen them. They're triple-thick um, embroidered hats that have the NY on it, NYC, MIA, PHI. So they had a party, and um, I actually posted some of that party, which was Saturday morning on um, my Instagram, which is at miss.d.scott. So DJ Booth was there, which if you're not familiar with who that is, he's a very popular DJ out of New York City who actually was the tour DJ for Nicki Minaj as well as the Wendy Williams show. He's the DJ on the Wendy Williams show. Very sweet guy. He was going vegan for the week, so I made sure I gave him some zero fucks scullies because I'm thinking to myself, what could I do to promote my brand? Like, I don't want to go get my jackets embroidered. And shout out to all my Habibis that made sure that my, my hats and everything were done, and I did really nice gift bags and stuff like that for people to, you know, do some giveaways. And I gave the people over at, um, I gave the people over at our Bruins official just some samples, definitely Sergio. And that's what it's about. You know, I, I don't have a marketing team, so I kind of do the marketing myself. But right now we're doing what I call, what I like to call separating church and state, which means I'm separating who I am from my brand because people are now buying the brand just because that's what they want to do, not because it's affiliated with me. So I don't need to be affiliated with it anymore. The brand can speak for itself now. She's two years old, and I want to also say happy anniversary to Stay in Your Lane, A Diary of a Hot Mess, my first book that I wrote for me. I also wrote Nightmares and Vultures. That was actually the first book that I co-did with um, my partner, Ariel Rivera, um, which he was an affiliate of Mob Deep, the rap group. So we did his book first, so I edited and helped him out with that. And then I did my book, which was Stay in Your Lane, A Diary of a Hot Mess, available on Amazon and Kindle, and it came out in um, 2013. So that's crazy that it's three years old right now. So from that came the zero fucks and then that whole persona. So it's funny how, you know, this weekend was completely just about like hanging out, just chilling and just relaxing because we work, 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 work so hard. And it's funny because I was putting things into the universe like, oh, just please just let me meet somebody that's nice, that's crazy, but not too crazy. You know what I mean? Like just, you know, don't let it be a total fail. It would be nice to sit down and have a conversation with a guy that, that was not socially retarded or that was not lacking somewhere or trying to get something from me. So Saturday night, we get everything together. And um, so that was Friday night. We hit Versailles. That was amazing. It was perfect. Saturday during the day, we go into the mall. And, of course, we see the, the Thoughtlandia thoughts, which are in the mall with, you know, $800 Gucci sandals. And when I say sandals, I'm talking about open freaking toe, no coat on. Okay, I just, I don't know where you're going. I don't understand why it is brick. Like, I'm talking about it's frostbite weather. Everywhere we went, everybody knew we were Americans. I don't know how you knew we were American, but they knew. So we ended up um, going through the mall, and we were in the Eaton Center because we were connected to it, which was the perfect business location for me. We made sure that we did the hot tub every single day just to relax. We're old as hell, so we made sure we took naps. Um, so Saturday night, it was very important to me that I went to dinner at Lee's, which is Sir Sir Lee's restaurant, the main one. There's also Fring's, which you guys know is Drake's restaurant, which they had lost their complete and utter mind the entire weekend thinking that, you know, Drake was going to be there. That restaurant was completely sold out and shut down for three weeks prior 
to all-star break. So unless you knew somebody that knew somebody, you weren't going to get into the Sprite, what they call the Sprite Ting and the Beats by Dre Ting, which is what was hosted at um, Frings. So um, Frings also did a day party, which was like 30 bucks to get in. Then that didn't include any food. So I think what happened with Canada was that although it was a great location to do all-star break, they didn't take into consideration that the games were ending at 10 and 11 o'clock at night, that you can't close a guest list at a certain time and that your ratios, you can't have a thousand women in a club and 20 guys. Like it, it's, it's, that's not going to work. And then you can't price gouge Americans just because your dollar is not strong right now and say, you want me to pay 30, which I don't care. I don't care about money, but you don't make sense. So if I'm going to pay $30 to get into someplace, that is a restaurant. It's not a club. It's a restaurant. You're going to fucking feed me. You're going to give me some drinks. You're going to do something. And then we went to, like, at Wildflower. By the time we had gotten to Wildflower Sunday night, um, it was table service only, which doesn't make sense because it's like either you're – which is at the Thompson Hotel, which Steph Curry, his wife, you know, and a bunch of the other NBA players were staying there, and it was just the vibe was off. So when the vibe is off, I can't do it. So we're going to get to Saturday night, though, because we actually partied at Union, again, with clean media because that's the only people I trust. Mm. So we get in. First of all, there's a girl trying to beat up the bouncer. That was inappropriate. Everyone's outside, bare-legged, and here me and my girlfriend are full full fur coats on, and they're like, oh, my God, you guys look so nice and fur. I'm like, you guys are Canadian. All you bitches should be wearing, all you broads should be wearing fur. Like, it's brick out here. It's cold. My hair, okay, which is naturally curly, froze into curly popsicles like that's what happened it froze into curly popsicles and it was not cool so then I had to wait for my hair to thaw out so we get in there everything is great and then you can just see and it's a huge club so there's there's people downstairs there's people upstairs you know it's just it's everywhere I'm not checking my coat because my hair is still soaking wet then you start to see that like people are kind of like on pills so you're like okay because I know I know what a drunk look like you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I know what a drunk looks like, though. So I'm looking, and I'm just like, what the hell is going on with these people? So you look, and then you see um, these people acting a damn fool, and you're just like, that. that's not, there's no way. That That's not alcohol. That That's pills. And you can't deal with somebody that's in, like, <laughs> caught in between, like, some other world and, it's it's you're not there like they they can't you, there's nothing you can do so they're like falling all over the place and I'm like I'm old as hell I don't got time for this shit so this girl throws her drink at me it hits me I'm gonna get to the funny shit about that though so we we see these two guys and we can definitely tell they were American as well and so because there's very few men that like command your attention like that so the one guy was older the other guy was not so much older I didn't realize they were brothers and then there was like a set of they looked like they were brothers and then like they're maybe in like a place of a thousand there were five guys that I was like okay they're attractive they're nice looking and as Jesus would have it so we meet we meet the the the, the man I can't even remember his name and it just so happens he was a um, a professor at University of Rochester, University of Rochester, yeah, University of Rochester, not RIT. And um, him and his brother, they were, you know, both talking, went, got drinks, blah 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 blah. 
And so when you have a crowd that, especially in Canada where the legal legal drinking age is 19, when you have a crowd that's 19 and older and then you have people in there that are 40 and 25 and, you know, 38, like you're asking for a problem. So mm, the guy says, you know what, this isn't my crowd. I need to find my son. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Like, please, God, no. So me and Kate Bugs are standing there. She's talking to the brother. And, you know, just, just cordial talk, just chit-chat, you know. just and, and it was nice, you know, just to see men just come and say, hey, what are you drinking, whatever. Even though I, I didn't need you to buy my Johnny Walker black, like, I'm appreciative, you know. So we were going to get the next round until dun, 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 um, someone got confused about their life and threw a drink at me, which – Y'all know I'm uber paranoid. That's why I don't go anywhere without, you know what I'm saying, without help. So, of course, in typical Denise fashion, I have to take my good glass of scotch and deliberately just pour it on top of her head. I didn't throw it. No, no. I got close enough where she could strike me if she wanted to and just poured it on her head. And then at this point, my team has to go and stand in front of me like, no, 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 because this is not what you want. We're not going to do this, you know, whatever, whatever. I just, and that's why I don't go out. That's why I don't go out. That's why I tell you, I'll be like, oh, you think you're bougie. That's why you go send VIP. No, I send VIP so I don't have to beat anybody's ass. So I don't have to fucking go to jail in other countries and shit. Like, I just, I don't want a problem. And it's just, so I'm, I'm standing here in the front and you're just going to throw beer on me. So now it's time to go. But the gentleman says, well, I'm looking for my son. I can't make this shit up. Ten minutes later, one of the other guys that we knew was also an American, you could just tell by his swag, he comes up and he's like, hey, ladies, da, da, da. you know, and he's talking and he's like, yeah, I'm from Tennessee. Well, at this point, we knew that this this was the son of the gentleman that we were talking to. So you can't have the dad and the son trying to kick you, like, it's not like it was time to go like that. That was just too much. And they weren't like trying to kick it. It was just like, this is not okay. You know what I mean? So we leave. We had a great time. Snoop Dogg DJed at Union Nightclub Saturday night. Everything was amazing. And then we go into Valentine's Day Sunday morning, which has never been my thing. I never get shit anyway. Nobody cares about me, whatever. But before I get to that, I wanna we're going to talk about the Grammys next week. We're going to have my um, my West Coast affiliate, STL. Uh, he's been on the show before. He's out of um, he's out of Los Angeles, California. We're going to have him. He's the one that did some of the, uh, the songs with the game, Days Love, things like that. And um, we're going to have him on the show next week to talk about the Grammys and Kendrick Lamar and all that other stuff. But for now, because it was Valentine's Day and I was feeling a little bit mushy that day, I want to definitely play this song that I don't care what none of y'all say. I really like this song, and he actually won a Grammy for it, and it's Ed Sheeran, Thinking Out Loud. When your legs don't work like they used to before And I can't sweep you off of your feet Will your mouth still remember the taste of my love? Will your eyes still smile from your cheeks? Darling, I will be loving you Maybe 
my mini-me, him and my niece, Aaliyah, they actually did their first play. These kids worked. I mean, so they started doing the play if you're on my Instagram way back when I went to Puerto Rico. So that's back in the beginning of October. So they had been, you know, practicing. They auditioned. They did everything, you know, as you went on Broadway, but, like, for kids. And they had their first uh, parental presentation of the show. It was their fourth show that they had actually done. They'd done it a few times in the school for the kids, and then the parents weren't allowed because, you know, I would have been there. And so I literally was in New York Monday, Tuesday, came home Wednesday night, did some work, and then the play was Thursday, and then did some more work, and then left out for All-Star break on Friday morning. So this is this is my life in a nutshell. So that's why sometimes my debit card will be like, um, no, bitch, something's wrong. You How how were you just in Philadelphia and now you're in Puerto Rico? Or how are you just here and now you're there? They'll cut my shit off, and then I have to call them and be like, no, it's really me. I really just was out of town. So congratulations to my baby boy. He played um, – Rock and Robin, which was a character that was based on Casey Kasem back in the 1950s and 60s. So he made sure he had his leather pants on and his suit jacket and his bow tie from Mike Mogul. Thank you very much. And if you guys go on my Instagram or if you go on any Instagram, you hashtag bow tie truck. He actually had like how you would do a food truck full of bow ties. And last year this time when we were hanging out in Brooklyn and everything like that, I brought my son up there. Um, he had bought a bunch of bow ties for from Mike, so thank you, Michael. Um, and Mike made sure that they were fitted for him and everything, and my kid wears them to school. So that's where that's where we're at. That, my niece, Leah, she's such a damn mess. That's my little mini-me. I don't have daughters, so my my I have three nieces, but my little my, my littlest niece, she looks just like my mom, Amory. That's my brother David's daughter. And then she looks, I mean, spitting image of my mom. Like, you couldn't even, I mean, same body type, everything, same face. It's crazy. But Aaliyah is my little mini-me because she's so conniving and so angry and so smart. But if we don't harness her <laughs> real quick, she's going to be a goddamn problem. And then my niece, Lexi, I mean, she's the sweetest fucking thing ever. I don't even know how she made it into the family. She's so sweet. Mm. Then, so now let me get to what happened. So Valentine's Day comes, we wake up and we drink Crown Royal. And I was really fucking irritated because I, I get really upset I just think that love is private. Maybe that's because I'm an asshole, but I think love is private, and I think relationships should be private. And whenever I've gone public with any of my relationships, they've turned out disastrous. However, I do thank the listeners and the viewers and the fans because y'all motherfuckers make sure that you stalk the person that I'm with and then come back and tell me when he's doing fuck shit. And then I have to investigate myself, and then people almost die, and then it's a big situation. But we haven't had a situation like that in three years. So, you know, I kind of just been watching my P's and Q's and just building, you know, my little, my mini empire like Cookie before Cookie. So, you know, I try not to go public with things because I think that, A, it puts a lot of pressure on people. Like, what you might think is sweet, I really don't give a shit about. Like, of course, I mean, I love flowers, but I love them on a Wednesday when when I wasn't thinking about it. I, I don't need you to buy me balloons that are going to deflate and I'm going to save them in like a notebook. And I'd rather you write me a letter and mail it to me. You know what I'm saying? Like with your own handwriting, or I'd rather you know that I needed something very specific that could have been $10 and you just pick it up for me and send it, you know, or you find a specific fragrance like Chanel 22 that you can barely find anymore and you get it for me. But it doesn't have to be Valentine's Day. And I'm not with that, you know, philosophy, Valentine's Day should be every day. If you were a real man, shit, people got to go to work. 
You know, if I'm feeding you and I'm, you know, doing everything I'm supposed to do as a woman, that's your gift. You know, just like if you're you're feeding me spiritually and doing everything you're supposed to do as a man, that's my gift. So, I and I don't need a reason to buy a man a gift, just like he doesn't need a reason to buy me a gift. So, I'm very spoiled, but I spoil myself, I spoil my family, I spoil my son, I spoil my friends. So, you know, a man is no different. So I have saved a shit ton of money by switching to Geico and also switching to being fucking mean to people and just not, because I do too much. Like, I do way too much. Like, I, I'll get custom cakes made and fucking, I, I just, I do too much. And it's not that they didn't reciprocate, it's just that they don't, they don't think the way that I do. So it's very difficult to date someone like me that's thoughtful, that will make sure that you have the kind of candy that you like to eat or, you know, for a plane trip or for whatever, whatever, and someone to not be. And it kind of reminds me of the movie Brown Sugar where Sanaa Lathan is dating Boris Kojo, but he really had never read any of her articles that she wrote. He had never, you know, listened to any of her interviews. So it's difficult to try to have a relationship with somebody and they don't really know what you do or they don't really understand, like, hey, you know, I got to go to work. So just like you think I'm just out partying, like I'm really not, I'm 40 years old, I'm really not out partying, I'm really out politicking. That's what I'm doing. So... Valentine's Day comes and I wake up and I'm fucking irritated because here we go again, you know, 50 million people get engaged, 50 million, you know, and that's great. Like, congratulations to one of my my young queens, River um, Fletcher. She's been with a guy. I think it's going on about a year, give or take. And I love to see young love because it's still hopeful. And I love to see especially young black families building, you know, and she has a daughter, very beautiful daughter. And um, she has a great boyfriend that puts up with her and her goddamn mood swings because I'm sure she has them if she's one of my young queens because I have them. And so it's good to see a man that just says, you know what, I'm not dealing with you and your fucking temper tantrum. Call me when you're done being an asshole because that's what I need too. So it's good to see that reflected in the younger generation that it's not just me that's crazy. And so to see someone love you through all of that, and it's funny because I would tag her and stuff and she'd be like, I'm not fancy like you were poor. And I'm like, but you have love. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just out here grinding. So, you know, it's just, I, I, I like the idea of love for other people because it's innocent, you know, and it's childlike. But for me, because I'm so sinister and I'm so dark, sometimes it's just, it's, it's kind of hard to, to catch me off guard and get me in a situation where I want to be loved because you have to want to be loved, you know. So Valentine's Day comes and I'm fucking irritated. And I, of course, released those two videos where I said, I'm tired of all your fucking schizophrenic relationships. Every other day you're posting a meme about what he did or didn't do and about how you don't like this. And now today you're posting shit like, oh, him and look what he did for me. And I'm like, fuck all you. Now, with that being said, I saw some alternative posts where people, because y'all try to take shots at me, but you really can't. See, I'm the type, I'll shoot you right in your face. Like, I, if I, you won't at me, though. You, you can beat around the mulberry bush all you want. You won't at me, though. You won't direct anything to me because you know I'll eat your goddamn face off. You know that. So y'all run around the mulberry bush, and I'm not guilty of anything. I don't give a shit. I'm not bitter. What I am, though, is cautious. So therefore, even if I had a beloved, you wouldn't fucking know about it. I could be married for five fucking years, and you would not know. I could have just given birth, and you would not know. You would think the baby in the pictures is a fucking baby doll. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't even know if it was real. 
because that's how fucking paranoid I am because you people get on my goddamn nerves because I know for a fact when I see certain shit on the internet, I know what's real and I know what's not. You think we don't read body language? You think we don't know that you don't like your fucking wife? You think we don't know that, that we saw you on another post with another dude two days before when y'all broke up? What type of shit is that? You know what I mean? So... I don't like to deal with those types of problems. So I was irritated with y'all, and I made a fucking post, and then I see some people subtweeting and subposting saying shit like, you know, just because you're single, pause. Just listen, you're single too, motherfucker. If you're not married, you're single. So because I'm single and you're single too, we're in the same boat. Because my relationship status could change in 48 hours. Remember, I'm the same female that met a dude in April and married him in July. Okay. Some of you bras can't even, you done popped out eight kids and can't get the man to marry you, so I don't want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? So would I do that again? No. But typically, and I've said this a million times before, when I get into relationships, it's relatively quick because he's grown, I'm grown, we know what we want, we're not playing no games, or I knew him from before. So I'm just now in a situation where I'm not dating people that I knew from before or that were my friend, or like anybody. So it's terrifying to have to get out and to meet new people and to be like, okay, so what do you do and what do you like? And, hey, what's your advice? And are you an alcoholic? Are you here for the Narcotics Anonymous Convention? Like, it's fucked up when you have to ask people that. And so me and Kendra had a joke over the weekend, like, hey, Steve Harvey's watching, because we actually watched these two black women go on a date with these two black men. Now, me personally, I would have seen through everything. They were nicely built. They were tall. They were big guys. But Steve Harvey had them made up to look like they were unattractive, put a mole on one of their heads, and another one gave him, like, the George Jefferson haircut, like, all that shit. And these two broads, and, I mean, we're talking full-blown, lace-front, blonde wig. They look like Arsenio Hall from the movie fucking Coming to America when he played, like, the female. Like, it was bad. And not that they were ugly. They just were not cute. So you watch that and then you see them diss the shit out of these guys and you find out the one guy is one of the top real estate agents in Atlanta, Georgia, and then the other guy is a top tech exec. So we have a call, and I think I know who this is, so I'm going to go to this caller right now. Y'all know I normally don't take callers, but I think I know who this is. Caller, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I just wanted to call you Hmm. and say hi. I'm at my son's game right now. But I know your show so you just wanted to call me on live air and tell me hi? Yeah. So I'm have you listened hello. to my show before? No, I have not. I have to catch up on it. I wanted to listen to it tonight, but it was senior night, so I was a little busy. But I'll watch it. Hmm. I'll watch it. I'll listen to it when I get done. Oh. And so have we met before? Because yes, you yeah. sound like you might know me. I do know you very well. Oh, you know me? Oh, okay, okay. So we just met, or have I known you, like, forever? No, we just met. Mm, okay. We just met this past weekend. We just met this past weekend, really? So what yes. did you think about that? So am I as mean as everybody says I am? No, you're not mean at all. You made my week. No, I wasn't mean to you. I'm sure that somebody will, <laughs> will have a conflicting story. <laughs> Look, the, the the phone board brought the light up like, she's lying. <laughs> It's a trap. It's a trap. Now, where are you located, hon? I am in California. Mm-hmm. All right. So is there anything else that you wanted to say on Tell the Truth Tuesday? Oh, that's no, because I haven't been listening to the show. I know. 
I'm just glad I met you, and I look forward to getting to know you better. Oh, I'm mad. And I will listen to so your that's show your truth later for today. That's yes, your that's truth for truth. tonight. All right, yes. honey. Well, thank you. All right, hit me later when you're done. Okay, I will. Bye. All right, love. Bye. See y'all, I'm not mean. <laughs> sometimes people like me for my genuine personality, or sometimes I just badger them. But what ended up happening with that situation, I thought he was kidding when he said he was gonna call, but that's that's my buddy. So um, here's okay. So here's the thing. So the guy in the lobby, you know, he ends up being there, and so I saw him again, right? And so let me just tell you, just just off-grip, black men again, you know, there's a group of y'all. Of course, it's NBA All-Star Weekend. Of course, you know, they might have thought I was a prostitute. I don't know. I had on a sequin catsuit with some Puma sneakers, which y'all know I don't wear sneakers, but we had just come from yet another brunch, um, which was held by Queen Media as well, but we actually had it at Citizen, which I was very excited about. But it was not, I will say this, it was not the same as our La Brunch that we normally have at Versailles with Clean Media once a month. There wasn't a theme. The food took a little bit long to get there. I just think that Canada was not ready for the Americans. I think that Canada was ready to take the money, but they were not properly staffed. And I say that because everywhere we went, with the exception of Lee, let me say this, hands down, some of the best service, the quickest service. I went in there, I said, listen, we have 30 minutes. I just want to order the cheeseburger egg roll and a Manhattan. That is one of the best Manhattans I've ever had in my life. It was strong. They did not scrimp on the liquor. The ambiance was amazing, but I feel like in there, as well as in other places that we went the entire NBA All-Star Weekend, they tried to pack as many people as they could in there. And that does not work for somebody such as myself that is uber paranoid and needs space. Like, I don't want you sitting next to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't even take my coat off in the one place and didn't want to because the coat check line would have been an hour just for me to get my shit. So, you know, I see, you know, we come back from brunch, we are lit, you know, mimosa down, it's Valentine's Day, I'm with my homie, and then I see, you know, my buddy that just actually called in right now, and um, he's being funny, so don't believe anything he says, and um, I see my buddy, and I'm like, hey, take a picture of me and Kay Boogie, because we never get pictures, you know, with each other, so at this point, I'm like, well, maybe he's a photographer, so we ended up meeting, exchanging information, we have a lot of stuff in common, so it was great, you know, just to meet somebody that was like-minded, that, but you know me, y'all, y'all, if y'all know me, y'all know I sense darkness in people, but I'm also, and I've said this many, many times, I was a mother before I was a mother, so by nature, I'm a nurturer, that's what I do, so he just, you know, he seems like a nice guy, but let me tell you what happened, and Kendra actually had this conversation with him later on in the evening with me over a nightcap, you know, about the fact that they looked completely unapproachable. So when I went up to him, because I don't give a shit, you know, I give zero fucks. If I see somebody I want to talk to, I'm going to go talk to him. I don't give a shit who's there. I don't care. As long as you're not married, I don't care. So, and there was no girls there, you know, and this was the second time I'd seen him. We made eye contact, and it's hard to keep eye contact with me because I'm a goddamn savage. So it's just, it's very hard. And I usually don't look at people too long just because I don't, I feel like when you look at people in their eyes, and he has green eyes, by the way. He has light eyes, and y'all know I'm a sucker for that shit, too. And he was tall, you know, and he was brawlic. He was thick. 
I don't even want to tell you what he does for a living because you'd be shocked. He'd be like, no way. Like, so he thinks what he does is normal. I don't think it's very normal. But by nature, he's a protector. So one of the things that I talked about being that it's the third anniversary of my book was that I would, when I talked about my father's chapter, I said I would rip up the entire world to feel as safe as I did when my father was alive, which he's been deceased now for almost, you know, 20 years. It's been over 15 years. And so it's very difficult to protect somebody like me or to have somebody like me's best interest because sometimes I act completely irrational. I'm a wild fucking animal, and I do whatever I want to do. I could be on a plane tomorrow. I could be sitting in the house for three months. You know, I've been in the crib taking no calls, like, type shit. So for me, consideration is really a big deal. So when I went up, which I knew what I was doing. I didn't need him to take me in Kendra's picture. I could have went to anybody else, but he made eye contact again. So I went up to him, and I was like, hey, what's up? So, you know, it's Valentine's Day. You know, we don't see anybody here. So, And don't get it twisted. Just because I'm single doesn't mean I'm alone, okay? So he, um, you know, he's like, yeah, I'll take your picture or whatever, whatever. So I give him my card, whatever, whatever, and he texts right away, which is good. You know, and so when we have an opportunity to sit down and talk with him um, the next day it or, or later that evening, it was really odd because he was just like, no, I'm just shy. You know, he's like, my brother looks a bit more standoffish. He's like, but I'm just shy. I just, I thought you were married. And so it's like, perception is a motherfucker you know so that's why the whole reason that zero fucks by brand within and of itself exists is because you have to get to a place where you just don't care you know you're like if i want that pair of shoes and and that's what i want and they don't have my size are you just going to stop right there if you really want the pair of shoes no you're going to call the store you're going to call the distributor you're going to figure out can they order them for you so you can pick it up because it's something that you really want and so for me, in any kind of relationship that I'm in, whether it's a business, whether it's a personal, I am the exact parent that I wanted to be. You know, if the, my co-parenting situation does not go the way that I wanted to go, I'm not going to tantrum about it. I I am in the place that I'm supposed to be. I am doing what I'm supposed to do, so it doesn't matter. So I can only be responsible for me. However. I wanted to say something about the bum residue, and I spoke about this on my YouTube video, and if you look me up under um, D. Scott, D-E-E, Scott, you'll see bum residue, and what that is by definition is basically that when someone has had a hard time in a relationship, and a lot of time we hear men talking about the females, but, you know, females, you know, we do a number on men sometimes too, and so it's very difficult to date somebody who's gone through the ringer because men do not heal. Believe it or not, men are not as strong as women. I mean, we give birth. We have shit come out of our body, of our loins. Like our bodies get ripped apart to give life, right? So men are not equipped for heartbreak. They're not. They're equipped to be protectors, providers, and professors. So when I say professors, I mean men are supposed to speak what it is. That's why, you know, I don't go into relationships asking people, well, what are we? Because if you're not going to tell me, then I'm single and I do whatever the fuck I want to do. And then I don't want to hear about it. You know what I mean? So, but typically with men, they're usually pretty quick with me. Within a 90-day span, they're like, nah, I'm shutting shit down. You need to fucking stop being a wild animal. And then, I'm, you know, I'm docile. I'm good. As long as I'm protected, which is typically why I tend to date larger men. And so it's very difficult to date someone or to deal with someone when they have that bum residue on them, which is because she was a bum or because she was a bitch or because she took your money or because she took advantage of you or because she didn't appreciate you. Every other woman in the world is going to do that to you. 
And it's so fucked up because when the shoe is on the other foot, I mean, men don't let it go. I mean, we as women, you could sweet talk us for a couple of months and just show us a couple, two, three nice things. And then we'll usually be like, okay, I'll let the little door open. Men, not so much. Men are fucked up. Like they get really fucked up about that. And there's a lot of things that I think that we as women do to men's egos that bruise them. You know, and you guys know that I talk a lot about why fathers are important. You know, being a father, I think, is one of the sexiest things that you can do. And if you're not a father, at least be a nurturer or a provider to somebody else other than yourself. You know, because I'm not really impressed if I meet a guy and he's like, yeah, I'm single, I'm 45, no kids, never been married. I'm like, okay, so what do you love? Who do you love? Where did you commit yourself to anything? I take a guy that was divorced with a couple of kids or a kid or whatever, whatever, because then that means I don't have to fucking have any more kids because I don't really want to. And then some of the guys that I have dated have required that because they didn't have children. So now I got to sacrifice my goddamn body and go through this shit to have a baby because they don't have one. So it's really nice when you meet people that have been through similar situation and they're trying to recover from something which you think you're healed but you're really not you know so I just I I feel some type of way about men harboring all of that pain instead of getting over it like don't talk to me about your ex-girlfriend I'll kill her like I don't want to hear about it she fucked up let it go you know what I'm saying and it's really weird because it puts me in the position of almost like a guy like when you go on a date with like an amazing girl and then she's talking about her ex-boyfriend you're like why don't you go get back with the motherfucker then you know what I mean like I don't want to hear it so mm -mm. the bum residue is basically something that over time has to get washed off and with men it takes way longer than women. Me, I'm I'm an assassin. I don't give a shit. Assassin's Creed. You fuck with me, you piss me off, I swear to God, it's like you were never born. I curse you, your mother, all y'all. I don't give a shit. Your grandmother for raising a fuck boy, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like I'm done with you. Like if you hurt me, which the only way that you can really hurt me is if you lie to me or if you cheat on me. Because y'all know that I'm very, very uber you know, concerned, and I'm a big, you know, person that is about getting AIDS tested in relationships and making sure that we are, you know, AIDS awareness and things like that. So it's not that, you know, we as adults don't engage in that type of activity. It's just that if we're going to be safe, you know, because you get to a certain age and it's like, you're like, well, I hope you're not like fucking 80,000 people a day. I, I hope that, but you can't tell. So you got to get people, you got to get them to get tested. Y'all know that I've had, um, that I've had Tommy on the show. He was HIV positive, gay man. Um, he invented the bad the bad boys club. You you guys know I've had him on the show. He's living with HIV. You know what I'm saying? And had boyfriends that were still dating women. And so it's very difficult for me. You know, because now I got to deal with, like, when I meet a guy, I'm like, okay, does he like me? Is he gay? Is he straight? Is he married? Does, you know, what's going on? Is he current on child support? Does he does he owe anybody any money? Like, what's going on? Because I can't help you. My job as a female, to be here, to be the nurturer, make love to you, ugh, and I can't even stand saying that shit, but just to be feminine. Y'all know that if I have to be the man in the relationship, it will not work. It will not work. And I talk about that in the Victor chapter, in the book, Stay in Your Lane, A Diary of a Hot Mess, which is three years old, and I'm uber, uber, uber proud of my damn self. But I'm going to close the show and let y'all know that sometimes I post things 
that may seem out of character for me, but it's definitely my character because I'm still a female. I'm still a woman. And I think that sometimes we get so caught up in this, you know, peace queen and all this other stuff. I know I'm a queen, but queens are still women. So that means I'm still sexual. That means I'm still wanting to be loved. That means I still have love to give to people, you know, and that means I'm still feminine. It doesn't mean that, you know, I'm just this hard ass all the time. So sometimes I will post a picture of a beloved. I will post a picture of me doing something that may be classified as sexual. I will post a picture of my body in an appropriate setting, such as at the jacuzzi, at the Hazelton Hotel, or, you know, in a pool, okay? I don't have no big badonkadonk. I'm excited about that. So, therefore, what I do have, I do like to show it off because I work hard for it. Y'all know that I've ran marathons and done all types of shit like that, and I work out. So, unfortunately, um, I definitely want to dedicate the rest of this show to Set 10716's own Denise Matthews, a.k.a. Vanity, who passed away in her 50s of a kidney failure. And if y'all know anything about me, and again, I talk, this is crazy because it's like all my childhood idols are passing away. And she was in The Last Dragon, and she was one of Prince's muses. Denise Matthews, my namesake. And if I'm not mistaken, she's also a cancer, birthday in June or July, but she passed away. And so I used to like want to be like her and Janet Jackson. So for me, that was the ultimate power, the ultimate sexuality, the ultimate girl gang. You know what I'm saying? We can wear leather and lace and have our hair out and curly and nobody cares. And so I definitely want to pay tribute to that by one of my favorite tracks by her, and I think it's appropriate for the time.
Get it up, get it up, I can't wait anymore. 